You're listening to From the Beginning. I'm Jen Dudley. And I'm Griffin Caprio. And this is our show about podcasters, their origins, and how they came to create a podcast. In this episode, we're talking with Tyler Jefford, software engineer, entrepreneur, and host of the Shots and Bites podcast, which focuses on the intersection of technology and business. In this conversation, we spent quite a bit of time talking about the interview process and asking good questions and really thinking about what it is that both the guest needs in an interview and also what the listeners are looking for in questions. And I really appreciated how much thought Tyler put into that whole process for his podcast. What was it that stood out for you, Griff? I really enjoyed hearing Tyler's inspiration for starting his own thing and how it came from listening to other people start their own things, uh, either from podcasts or books or things that he's uh, watched online, which was really interesting. So here's Tyler's story from the beginning. Thanks for joining us, Tyler. We're excited to chat with you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to these days? Yeah, so uh, as you said, I'm a software engineer. Um, primarily, my day job is is doing software engineering for a, a big fintech company in Chicago. Um, I also am the CTO of a startup uh, and kind of trying to get that off the ground. It's been pretty busy. And then, uh, you know, because I, I don't have enough to do, I'm also uh, a podcaster. Uh, for a few years now and it's been um it's a, it's been interesting kind of juggling all those uh different roles um but it's something that uh, i've always enjoyed uh both the technology side and, and talking to people in technology so i think with the podcast it's been um kind of a natural thing i, I always had been talking to people uh about how they started their business and about what technology they use or built and why they went that way. Um, I'm just like an infinitely curious person. So uh, it was a natural evolution to just start recording it and um, putting it on a podcast. So Tyler, I'm curious why you decided on a podcast specifically rather than a different medium. What was it that led to that decision specifically? Yeah. Uh, I mean, going way back, I used to listen to a lot of talk radio uh, in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s. Um, and then that kind of evolved into people getting podcasts and, and starting to do basically talk radio on the internet. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then it wasn't until like, you know, many, many more years later when it became much easier to uh, create podcasts that um, there's a lot more interesting topics. There's a lot of uh, technology podcasts and, and business podcasts that I started listening to and um, kind of gained inspiration from those kind of things. Uh, and then I, I kind of was like, ah, you know, I'm gonna give this a shot. I, like I said, I already talked to a lot of people and I'm, I'm very interested in it. And I think that, um, you know, I, I like to find out the interesting parts of people anyway. So, uh, once they, you know, agree to be on the show, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, very easy for them to open up. They, you know, get really, uh, loose with, you know, how they, you know, interact. So a lot of times, um, people are, uh, kind of nervous at first and um you know you could talk to them off off the record and they're they're completely easygoing once you start recording they get really uh nervous about the words they're saying so um i i just really enjoyed it uh so doing getting started it was it was pretty easy for me um just doing the recording and, and stuff like that uh but the the interesting part that took me a little bit to get down was kind of the more administrative side, uh, the back end side of getting the interviews and, 
you know, coming up with questions and, and doing research prior to the episodes um, that I, I would uh, record. And so do you always record um, remotely or do you ever do in-person interviews? Yeah, I do um, 100% remote uh, just because the, the interviewers that, the interviews I've had have been uh, primarily all around the country. Um, I was even reaching out to some people in uh, London as well, um, which became too much of a, a scheduling headache, uh, you know, based on their day job and, and when they could be available and, and when I could be available. So that actually never happened. But um, I've done it primarily uh, remotely through Skype um, and using some tools to record uh, the audio out of that. Um, but uh, I have looked into what it would take to do it in person. Um, there's a couple of places that you could maybe rent out. Um, and like I said, I do it at home. So it's kind of a, um, I don't really want to invite people into the, the spare room or, or the, the office, you know, it might seem a little bit weird. Uh, like, Hey, come in here and sit down in this bedroom while we talk about, you know, technology. So through that whole process, and you've been doing this for a couple of years now, what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned or something you know now that you wish you had known when you started? That's a great question. Um, I wouldn't say it's something that I didn't know before, but it's it's something that I'm far more conscious of now is, is just being very um, understanding of other people's time, uh, especially when I'm interviewing, you know, founders and CEOs and, and uh, these very, very busy people who are, you know, taking their time to be on the podcast. Um, I, I really appreciate their time because they could have said no and, and it would have been, you know, just as easy for them. But you know, they, they are probably also interested in sharing their story, uh, but being very conscious of their time. So I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about how to interview people, um, how to email people, uh, you know, my, my cold emails, my opening emails, um, just kind of being very brief, uh, you know, and, and just saying, hey, I have a podcast. Would you like to be interviewed? Here's some information and kind of doing like a TLDR um, and then underneath, you know, showing more information, some links that you can you can check out the, the show and you know, see the kind of style I do and everything. Um, so just kind of being conscious of people's time. Uh, I've I've been very, uh, very cognizant of that uh, since I started doing the podcast. So uh, given that and given your your day to day job as a as a software engineer and, and a CTO, do you, do you find that that has altered your communication style in those areas as well? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely, um, I feel like it as a whole, I would just started growing in the, the field of knowing not to waste people's time. And it doesn't matter if it's a CEO or, or if it's an intern, um, you know, being, being as concise as possible, um, without sacrificing any of the like empathy that you want to, you know, get through or, um, you know, any of the, the other pieces of the communication, um, but not wasting people's time uh, with like, you know, images and, and stuff like, oh, I want you to look at all this stuff. And, and uh, you know, I want you to make a decision right now. Um, you know, the communication style is definitely uh, I've, I've seen change since I've started doing the podcast across all my ventures. You've talked quite a bit about guests and interacting with them and the interview process do you have any interactions or back and forth with your listeners and that community? 
Yeah, it's definitely something that I had started to play around with, uh, with a Twitter account and Facebook. Um, my problem is I have a really hard time self-promoting. Um, I, I don't typically talk about myself a lot uh, and, and the things that I do. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, I, on, on Twitter I can say, oh, here's my new episode or whatever. But, um, you know, getting it into the, the hands of the people who might really be interested in it um, has been a challenge for me. So um, with that, building the, the, the uh, audience uh, and then interacting with them hasn't really been uh, a big thing that I've done. Um, but it, it, it was something I was starting to play with on uh, getting, getting some followers on Twitter and, and kind of getting in those networks and groups. Um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely uh, considered doing stuff where, you know, doing like a Facebook live recording. Um, so doing, doing a normal episode, but also airing it on Facebook live uh, and getting, you know, audience participation because there, there are some people who I interview who have huge followings um, and, and, you know, some of my biggest episodes because of their followings um, I'm sure that they would be thrilled to have a, you know, a Facebook live where mm -hmm. they can, you know, ask live questions and, and kind of answer, uh, you know, all at the same time. Yeah, definitely. I, I can definitely imagine that. You mentioned kind of the following and uh, the listener action. Are you uh, looking at any of your kind of analytics or like how do you gauge kind of the, the scope and the, and the reach that you end up uh, having uh, with your podcast? Yeah, it's something that I, I definitely do um, during, you know, when I'm when I'm recording and when I'm promoting and all this other stuff. I'm, I'm very much uh, looking at you know, statistics and dashboards all the time. Um, I recently switched my podcast host, so I lost all my uh, previous statistics, um, which is okay because, uh, like I said, I'm kind of starting the new season here soon, um, and and that's I'm going to get a, a good gauge on you know better engagement with with the audience. But um, it's definitely something that I I, I pay attention uh, to the, uh, overall statistics where, where, um, people are listening, how people are listening and, uh, then per episode, just seeing kind of what people are actually interested in. And, and, you know, if something is getting a whole bunch of views, uh, a whole bunch of downloads and listens, um, I might actually go back and listen to that podcast a couple of times, um, just to see if, if maybe my interview style is different, if the guest, you know, was more energetic or if they were, you know, why, why was this one more successful than another one? And especially if I feel like I did really good on a different one uh, and it's not getting as, as good of a, a downloads, um, then I, I really want to question and, and feel why why is it uh, doing less than the other ones and, you know, maybe change up my style or, or kind of learn from, from what the audience is actually listening to. Yeah, a really um, quick note about that. Um, you mentioned that you were switching hosting providers. Can I ask kind of what prompted that that move? Yeah, uh, so I started. I you know when I started a few years ago, I researched a bunch of different um, hosts and found one that was relatively cheap and had you know good enough features. Um, had a free trial, so I tried it out and. I liked it. It was, it was good. It, it's definitely, I wasn't looking at like a high end, um, podcast host where you can, you know, swap in and out of, uh, ads and, um, do scheduled ads and all this other stuff. Basically I was looking for something that I could schedule episodes 
get statistics on and that it would syndicate to the areas that I wanted it to syndicate to. Uh, so this one, uh, I used uh, Zencast, um, and it, it went pretty well for a while. Uh, prices kept going up and up, and um, at that time I was like, for this price I could probably find a different place um, that had a little bit better features, and that's kind of what uh, kind of prompted me to move. I moved everything over to Fireside recently. And has that been, have you been happy with that so far? So far, yeah. So, so I haven't really done much uh, uploading. They, they have a really nice import tool. Um, another thing I did was I, I manually um, had my own website. Um, and the, uh, the, it was a WordPress site, so I had to continue to um, update it and monitor it and you know, do security updates and stuff like that. Uh, so another thing I did with Fireside was uh, opt to use their website, uh, which is similar to what I was doing anyway, just a very simple list of, of episodes and the information. I had a little bit more information on my, my own website, but um, you know it's a little cheaper, a little easier on my time to, to have a service manage everything. You know, From when I upload it, it automatically is posted. I don't have to uh, update any maintenance or anything. Um, and then... With WordPress, I mean, it's it's not a surprise, but it kept getting hacked and it kept getting taken down because of, you know, database hacks and stuff. So um, just not having to deal with that has been a, a pretty nice thing with, uh, with Fireside. Yeah, it's one of those things, just because you can do something, sometimes there's more value to let somebody else do it. Yeah. As you're looking at kicking off a new season, are there any challenges or what would you say is your biggest challenge for what you're wanting to do with this new season? Yeah. So I think the biggest challenge is always just the administrative side of it. Um, you know, lining up a bunch of people who want to be interviewed, uh, doing the research on them. Um, and then, you know, like kind of going back to not wasting people's time. I, I don't want to ask the, the softball questions. I don't want to seem like, you know, I didn't research you and I'm not interested in your, your company. Um, so I spend quite a bit of time researching and, and I, I come up with a lot of information about, um, you know, what the company's done, what that person has done, um, you know, even outside of that company. Um, and then just scheduling and getting time to interview, doing the interview. And then my worst enemy is editing. Um, it just seems like it takes forever, but it's, it's because I, I try to spend a lot of time and make it sound really well. Um, and, and try to, you know, knock out all the, the artifacts and anything, any, any dead zones that are, that are in the, the audio. Um, so I, I just, I spend a lot of time because I, I try to be very meticulous. Again, it comes down to this person has given me their time. So I'm going to do what I can to, to make, uh, make them have a, you know, decent experience as well. So do you, uh, do you have any plan? I know you're, you're, working at the fintech company and you're the CTO of another company on the side is, is it the expectation that the, the podcast would always kind of exist outside of those? Or do you ever think that uh, the podcast would eventually merge into uh, one or more of your day jobs? Yeah, I definitely see it as a, a separate venture. Um, and, and, you know, somewhat of a hobby, somewhat of a side project. Um, so it's, it's definitely something that I, I will also want to keep separate from other entities as well. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of things do cross paths. Um, you know, people I meet uh, in uh, different roles, um, 
they may end up on the podcast or they may refer people to the podcast. Um, so it's definitely uh, beneficial, um, but I think they will be exclusive. Nice. And do you ever think that um, you'll ever do more than one podcast or do you think it's kind of the single podcast with just you as a host? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I actually have done uh, a lot of thinking, a lot of research into many different things like that. So uh, for a brief period of time, I did have a separate podcast um, that was under the Shots and Brights umbrella. And uh, we, I called it Bits, um, you know, Bites and Bits. Um, so Bits was meant to be kind of a uh, born out of uh, not liking editing. Um, it was a single take. Uh, basically technology or a business or a science um, news article. Um, basically I would, I would reference that news article, read it or, you know, read clips of it and um, kind of present my opinion on it or present the facts about it. Um, and I did several of those episodes and picked up a lot of steam. Um, it just kind of got uh, to the point where I, I wasn't reading as many articles that I thought were super interesting Um news has kind of changed in, in the last year or so, two years. Um, so it's, it's kind of been more of a, um, I, t- I took it down. It's something that I may resurrect in the, in the future. Um, as I mentioned, I was thinking about different formats for, for interviewing or, or, you know, doing uh, shots and bites a little differently in the future. Um, so I'm kind of running through some ideas in my head and I have a bunch of stuff in a never note notebook, um, that, you know, I just have a bunch of, uh, different um podcasts that i've i've liked the format of and and i maybe want to see what that looks like as a shots and bites or um i even thought maybe having a uh a more premium podcast where you know setting up like a patreon or something and and the uh, the uh, subscribers would get uh, this premium podcast uh where i would maybe do a more of a deep dive with um a, a guest about maybe a specific problem, um, you know, like how do you scale up your business from five people to 50 people? Um, and, and then, you know, making that a premium podcast that you could support the show and get this, this, uh, this exclusive content as well. It sounds like you've definitely put a lot of thought into the podcasting side and the interview style and taken a lot from listening to other podcasts do you have any connection to the community of podcasting or talk to other podcasters directly to find out what's worked for them or share ideas in that regard? You know, I really haven't. Um, there have been some meetups here in Chicago and there's been some other um, opportunities that, that I guess I could have had to talk to other podcasters. Um, but like I said, I, I don't, I don't really do a lot of self-promoting. Um, so kind of talking about my podcast, talking about myself, uh, it's kind of rare. So, so you guys get a, a rare kind of interview where, where I'm, I'm kind of talking about myself and my podcast, but, um, I guess I always think like, uh, no one really, no one's really going to caring, you know, no one's going to care about, uh, this, this podcast and, and the things that I do. But, um, I do find that it, it, it is, people do like that, that kind of thing. So I haven't really talked to anybody. Um, I, I mostly just really kind of listen and pay attention to how other people do things. Um, maybe if, uh, you know, someone is switching up their style. I, I kind of try to figure out why they did it, listen to some of their older stuff and say, okay, I, I understand that they, they upped their quality by doing X, Y, or Z. 
Um, and then I kind of look at that and say, where do I fit here? And, and how can I do that uh, with, you know, given my budget and everything? Yeah, it's certainly um, one of those mediums that I think a lot of people kind of go back and forth with sharing ideas and, and tips and tricks and, and ways to kind of connect with their audiences because it is such an intimate and um, kind of one-on-one type conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So given given kind of that intimacy and, and the interview format that you've got going on right now, do you have a, a go-to interview question that you like to ask all your guests? Uh, I do have quite a few um, that I kind of reuse. Um, I, I am a, generally, I'm a pretty prepared person. So I have a bunch of questions that I, I kind of preload. Um, and I, I actually, I also um, dabbled with like sending them a, a small questionnaire to kind of prompt them a couple uh, questions and kind of get them in the idea of what, what the style of questions would be. Um, I've done it by sending it and not sending it. And I didn't really notice a big difference, but um, one of the questions I always ask is, um, uh, you know, when I'm talking to more technical people, more technology facing companies, um, you know, I, I kind of target their industry and say, you know, in FinTech, what do you think is going to be the biggest thing in five years um, that you're going to have to learn or you're challenged with or, you know, whatever. Um, so kind of, prompting a question of, you know, a really thought provoking thing rather than, um, you know, you guys got funded and, and, uh, you know, how was the funding round? How, like, how do you, how do you come out of the funding round? Um, so, you know, those are more factual. Um, so I, I really enjoy the, uh, the thought provoking stuff because it kind of lets them open up and, and, um, you know, get out of that, that fact world and, and really think about what, what the future might look like for them or for their company. So Tyler, to piggyback on your go-to question, given how much you've been paying attention to podcasting overall, is there something that you see as a current trend or a change coming in the future for podcasting as a space or a medium? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I don't know that I, I have like a five-year uh, future idea of what podcasting looks like. Um, what I can say is, uh, I noticed that podcasting is becoming a, um, bigger and bigger thing with, uh, people who, um, aren't typically people who would listen to podcasts, um, or even talk radio. Like I said, I, you know, I'm a bit of a nerd. So like I said, I kind of like the talk radio back in, in, the you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, but the, uh, the audiences are changing. There's, there's a wider audience that are listening to podcasts. And I think with that, we're seeing a, a trend of people who um, are consuming it differently. Um, you know, consuming it through, um, uh, you know, whatever apps that are kind of preloaded on your phone, or are they consuming it through YouTube or different mediums like that? Um, so it's, it's just, I think with the wider audience, um, I think the, the technology and, and the means to create the, the podcast are only going to get kind of bigger and, and easier and cheaper to use. Um, like I said, the, the, when I looked a few years ago, there was only a handful of options that were viable, uh, to do podcast hosting that I kind of wanted to do that. I didn't, I didn't want to know have a huge suite of tools that i know i would never use and i didn't want to pay for um and now there's 
many, many more um, tools that are available and, and you don't have to download expensive software anymore. And, um, you know, those are the kind of things that I think we'll see a, a bigger um, impact in, in podcasting within the next couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the, the scenario that Jen and I are encountering as we kind of go through this customer discovery and this customer research. Um, is there anything that you were hoping to talk about or that we should know that we didn't ask you about? Um, not necessarily. I, I mean, I think, uh, I, um, I kind of brought up a lot of the things that, um, that I imagined I would bring up, uh, the different formats that I, I would be considering, um, stuff like, um, you know, listening to like an NPR show or something, uh, or, or I think Slack has a really good podcast as well. Um, just kind of listening to their, their format of how they kind of narrate a story, um, has been super interesting to me. Um, and I, I see a lot of podcasts actually doing that lately is, is more of storytelling. Um, even, even through an interview kind of storytelling and kind of, um, just interesting in, in how, how they do it. You know, are they, are they still asking questions? Is it a, uh, question answer, uh, type interview that they're then, um, taking and editing and, and kind of narrating along the way. Um, that's, those are the kind of things that I, I, I have been thinking about, uh, cause a lot of people are doing it and I find it a, like very appealing, uh, kind of format. Um, so those are, those are really the, the things that I imagined talking about to you guys. Um, and I don't know, maybe you guys have, have experienced something a little like that as well. And, and maybe you guys, like you said, you're kind of starting your show now. I mean, do you see it as a question answer or do you see it more as a narrative? Uh, I think right now it's uh, a little more question, question and answer, but I think we're still kind of figuring it out. I think uh, we would definitely like it to be a little bit more narrative around kind of the people that we're talking to and their stories um, and less so on kind of... Um, you know, what host do you use and do you like editing or not? Um, right. Cause I think after all like podcasting in general and, and this podcast in particular, we really want it to be about the people and, mm -hmm. and the, the stories behind the, the, the conversation and, and the people behind the stories. Sure. And to tack onto that. And I think Tyler, you could probably appreciate this is it's one thing to have an idea of what you're looking to produce out of an interview show. And as Griffin said, we definitely want this to be more narrative and, and getting people's stories. But once you get into it and you hit record, even as an interviewer, it can be a bit intimidating. And I know for me, the, you know, I can get, have a good idea of what I want to say and how I want it to flow. And then as soon as it starts recording, it's like, I've completely forgotten what I was even going to talk about. So I am looking forward to being further along and continuing to learn. I know that we've, even the, the few episodes we've done, we've shifted questions and gotten more comfortable in our interaction. Certainly having two people ask questions creates a different dynamic. And there's some even logistics things about not talking on top of each other to consider. Yeah, that's interesting too. I, I've, I've definitely considered, you know, what a multi-host podcast would be would look like um how do you guys feel like it do you guys share notes do you guys have like a a personal like chat window open or something you know like hey i just asked this last question can you ask them about this or you know are you just kind of feeding off of each other um you know naturally uh as you guys kind of progress 
Well, so we do uh, a little um, script preparation in the beginning, you know, looking at the person we're talking to, mm -hmm. kind of their background, their podcast. We listen to a few episodes, um, prepare questions that we think would be valid and, and relevant to the person. And then we kind of talk about who's going to take who. And then during the, the interview, we actually sit on, uh, on a video chat, um, pantomiming and mimicking uh, to each other in terms of like who should ask what questions. And if... Uh, necessary. We also have like a little Slack channel that we can kind of type things to. Okay. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I kind of like, like, kind of like you said, Jin, um, you know, I, you know, I prepare, like I said, a bunch of questions beforehand. And typically what happens is um, I, I never get to, I, you know, I probably prepare like 50, 60 questions. Um, some of them are, you know, more generic that I would, I would want to try to ask anybody. And, and um, mm -hmm. some of them are more geared towards specifically them or their their companies, um, and and you typically, I, like I said, I never get to them all because once you kind of get rolling, you start talking, um, and you ask follow up questions, and um, you kind of as conversations go, you you continue to to talk about you know a specific topic, and um, you know there's there's definitely periods and, and people even that um, that that conversation is kind of done. So that's why I always have prepared, you know, many questions and I, I kind of break them up into, I would say categories. Um, so if we're, if we're talking about finances um, for a company, um, you know, I might look at the other questions I have in that category and prompt another question. That's so it's, it's, yeah. you know, uh, kind of easier to transition within the same category. Um, but, but naturally, you know, people kind of just talk and, um, you know, span a few categories. So it's easy to kind of transition. And, you know, there's, there's some questions that I, I want to get out um, and that I, that I know uh, someone listening would want to hear from, from a company or from a person. Uh, so I kind of try to pepper those in and uh, as, as easy as I can uh, transition wise. Yeah, it's definitely a learning experience. One of the things I've started doing is keeping a list of questions so that when I'm in, in an interview, I have an easier time being able to pull questions from different areas. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking forward to keeping the conversation going so we can continue to trade tips on podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, Tyler, what's the best way for people to keep in touch with you and to learn more about new episodes of Shots and Bites that are coming out or ask you questions about the podcast and things you're working on? Yeah, so uh, to check out the podcast, uh, shotsandbites.com, um, to check me out. Uh, and and I, I try to uh, talk about my podcast when it's, uh, when it's up and running. And if I'm looking for people to interview, um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, at T Jefford, T J E F F R D. Um, and, uh, yeah, that those, those are the two easiest places to find, uh, my podcast and, and anything about me. Awesome. And Tyler, thanks so much. We've really appreciated the conversation and are looking forward to following up in a few months. You can see where we've gotten and vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. This has been another episode of From the Beginning. Editing and theme music was provided by Roy Matz. Thank you for listening. <laughs>